guys to the WCBC podcast. My name's Hunter. My name's Alan. I'm Josh. I totally went blank right there on the intro. Is that how I do it? Or I say, hey, what's up, guys? Say, hey, hey, what's, what's up, up guys? guys? Oh, hey, welcome to the podcast, guys. Welcome to episode 29. Hey, mix it up a little bit. That's Let's all right. on the edge. Well, yeah. first, that's what I thought I was going to be like, what's up? But then I like went blank and I was like totally panicked, forgot. What? Yeah. Well, I'm, how many times have we done the intro and we've had to start over because I'll be like, welcome to the WCBC pod, and then we have to start over, guys. If you, if we, if we had a blooper reel of how many times we've had to start over. See, people don't know when we did our, uh, when you guys had your wives come on here. Um, I wish we had the recording of the intro we did where I literally just burped and yeah. every- <laughs> So the one that you let me do the intro on, that was so bad. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Take six, dude. That didn't even, oh, that didn't even make it. Listeners, we did. So, I don't know if people know. I mean, maybe we vaguely talked about it. But when we did the wife's episode where we talked about husbands and wives, originally the plan was I wasn't going to have a mic and I was just going to run sound. Because he's not married. And I, I, I appreciate the hey. fact that Hunter is wanting <laughs> to let the people with experience you know, after so all, he, he put me in a position. So, okay, Alan, you're gonna you're gonna do the intro. You're gonna be the go to guy. You're gonna you're gonna lead this podcast. I fell on my face. Everybody's looking at me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, here's something else. After October, if we ever do husbands and wives, I'll be able to. He will be yes, qualified. You'll yes. be in. I'm so excited. Uh, so, guys, uh, welcome to the podcast. We're super excited. Uh, you guys are checking this out this Thursday morning at 7 a.m. It's Tuesday right now, but it, this releases at 7 a.m. Uh, we're super glad y'all are listening. Um, one thing I'm encouraged is uh, we, we just got a good consistency of listeners right now. Um, and we're, we're always hearing good things about the podcast. I'm hearing people talk about it. Um, and I'm just super encouraged. And so we're glad you guys are using this. Um, and we hope that you continue to, um, and you know, we're going to, we're going to keep doing this until God shuts her down, um, or things were to change where we wouldn't be able to air things like this. I, I don't know what the future holds, but, uh, I just think right now I think about that, you know, during the times where, uh, God is just blessing and he's opening doors, uh, memories are made and every Tuesday, man, we just have a good time in here. And, uh, you know, this is, this is really abled and we keep going forward in it because our listeners. And I, I think when I, when we, we talk about things like that, what I really hits my brain is the, the scripture where it says, seek ye up the old path, continue therein. And there's no more true scripture that we need to do and, yeah. and look out. But now we've got technology that gives us the ability to have a larger platform to yeah. do that and to educate folks and to understand there's an important a demand on believers' lives to know Scripture, yeah. to live Scripture, and to understand Scripture, and uh, you know th- th- this is helping me. I yeah. mean, to, to uh, uh, expand my education yeah. in, the, in the Scripture. It challenges us. I mean, it's even like today. Uh, our pastor called us. Uh, he listened to our episode last week about angels, right, and about how Christ was superior, and he really enjoyed it. But he left me like with a challenging thought. He's like, you know how you guys ended with entertaining angels unaware. Or beings unaware. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, would you all remember how you went through and explained how some angels had fallen to the earth and became demons? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, have you ever thought that we might entertain evil beings unaware? And I thought, because he said, surely, he said, think about this. If demons can get inside of pigs and they can present themselves as ministers of light and they're not, can they not 
be in our presence? Can they not affect us? Can they not do do things? And that was as far as it went. But it was a, just a provoking thought that challenged me that, you know, I need to study that out just a little bit more and uh, read the out through the Bible about all the times that, um, I guess, celestial beings were present, whether uh, they're referred to as God's angels that were sent messengers or demons. And so that was just a provoking thought that, and we get thoughts like that all the time from um, people in our church or they make comments and it just really makes you think and um, it challenges us to really make sure we're rightly dividing this word right here because and this is the other thing if we don't we have a lot of people here at the chapel that will gladly tell us we're not um, and so we thank you guys too so <laughs> uh, yes we're yes, just we do. we're so proud and uh, for all of you that listen that don't go to the chapel uh, maybe you've, you don't know who we are. You've just found this podcast at random, or maybe you've seen it and you've checked it out and you've been listening to it. Hey, uh, we love you guys, and we're so happy you're listening. Um, again, you know, we have a Facebook platform now, and I think we've got like 50 followers on it now. So uh, that's awesome. Thanks for following it. Um, and, you know, we're still using that platform to kind of get the name out there. But, uh, you know, we're, we're just really excited you guys have found us somehow. We want to encourage you. Go look us up on Facebook, but not only that, um, if you have questions or, I mean, recent, really we've been urging people prayer requests, um, you can email us at media at watsonschapel.net. And I also think that our Facebook page has a messaging avenue, so you could even message us on Facebook. Um, and, uh, you know, Grant and I run it, so uh, we'll be able to try to respond as quickly as possible. But if you have questions or prayer requests, uh, we, we'd love to hear from you and see what you think. Or challenges of you know the scriptures or maybe studying something out maybe you've never heard on maybe you'd like us to go over um, we're open to anything um so we're excited also excuse me um uh we have this next month yeah they might pick that up sorry guys uh next month we're gonna have we're gonna continue in our hebrew study but i will say this we're gonna have a couple guests um we're we're looking forward to our guests uh we got one that'll be here next week not gonna say uh, uh, well, we got one coming next week, and I'll, I'll go ahead and let it out. Um, we got Evangelist Chad Udi. He's going to come join us, and uh, he's a good family friend. I know everybody here at the chapel is familiar with Chad, and they've heard him preach. If you haven't, I'd encourage you, go go find his sermons. He travels a lot. He preaches a lot of different places, but he's going to come join us on an episode about evangelism. Usually we don't let the cat out of the bag, but that's just a teaser who's coming, um, and we're looking forward um, Tim joining us. We'll have another guest later in February, but we'll get to him. So, uh, guys, are y'all ready to get going? Absolutely. Let's go. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully, you know, I won't have to say excuse me anymore. Grant will, yeah. So, let's just, just get going. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 2. Um, we're going to be in verses 1 through 4 um, today, because just because when you study this out, we don't want to go through it too quick. We might miss something. Um, and uh, so, what I'll do is uh guys if you're cool with it i'll read verses one through four and then we'll just start in verse one and we'll just slowly work our way down and see how far we get maybe we won't even get through verse one i don't know but uh so uh yeah here let me let me begin reading therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it for since the message declared by angels Proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? 
It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. I know I read that really slow. Usually, I'm, I'm not a slow reader, but if you're listening to this and you're driving, we don't want you to pull your Bible app out. So, I uh, uh, wanted to go through it pretty slowly, pretty clearly. Um, so, guys, let's start in this verse 1. Therefore, we must pay close, much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. So, uh, who wants to kick us off on this verse 1 conversation? Um, I'll start us off. The uh, So, v- verse 1. Uh, one of the things that when I was reading this and studying this is that, you know, I Hebrews writer is writing to Jewish Christians who are thinking of converting back to Judaism. So basically with that thought, he is trying to express how very important it is to understand how great the new covenant is and through through Christ and how that the that the law that they lived under under Moses um was good, but he's 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 encouraging them to say there is a new, better way, and that is in Jesus Christ. But the one thing is, is that like at the, towards the end of that, it says, "Lest any time they should slip away or drift away." And I was thinking, you know, when you, you get down to the coastal waterways, the coastal waterways, you can actually drift. And before you know it, if you're not paying attention, you'll realize that you are miles down the shoreline or you have drifted quite a distance by the time you come to that realization. And that's the one thing that, like, when I was reading this, it says, less the time you should let them slip. The thing with the drifting away is not, a, it's not a, an abrupt turning away. It's just a slow gradual of, yeah. the, of the departing from sin or into sin and leaving Christ. And going back to their old ways and the yeah. ways of Judaism. And that's the one thing. Like, So when we, when I was reading and studying this, we don't see, there's no account of anyone ever saying, you know, what must I do to be lost? But there is the account of what must, what I, must I, do? I do to be saved. And that it was like with Acts 18, I think. With yeah, the Acts, 16, J- or Acts 1630 with the Philippian yeah. jailer. And that's what he said. You know, what must I do to be saved? Because if we truly are honest about it, we don't have to do anything to be lost and sinful. Yeah, we're we're natural. Na- yeah, it, it yeah. comes naturally to us. So it takes it takes us seeking Christ continuously and abandoning the sin and turning away from the sin. Otherwise, we will slowly start to drift. So, Josh, do you have Acts sixteen thirty written down at all? Yeah, the just just that one verse. I do. Okay, um, I can turn there. Yeah, if you don't care, because I mean, this is. And this is just me, and I'm going to share a couple thoughts. But uh, when he says, therefore, so therefore is a good word to go over to the next subject, to continue. He's about to change into chapter 2, and you'll notice he's going to keep referring to angels here in just a little bit. But when he says, therefore, and I read this really slow today because I wanted to get it. Therefore, we must pay closer, much closer, not just closer, much closer, closer attention um, that hit me because if a someone, uh, and I want to say this, you know, the he the writer of Hebrews is unknown, but this is the word of God. And as I was talking to Pastor today, this Bible is alive. These words are alive and applicable. 
And so when I read this, if this is the word of God and we believe that and it says we must pay much closer attention, then to me, God is truly trying to grab our attention. Absolutely. And he's trying to get us to pay more attention. Why? Because we need to pay attention to what we have heard. So Josh, right there when he asks in Acts 16 about what must I do to be saved and then Peter and them, can you read that right there? Yeah, it's so starting in verse 30, and he, and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to do all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his, straightway. Yeah. And when he had brought them to his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Yes. So when when I hear that story and I hear a man say, what must I do to be saved? And they say, you must believe. Um, even, you know, when you think about um, other situations, believe in the heart, confess with the mouth. Uh, it's like I was talking to pastor the other day. I, t- I made a statement and I want to explain it before anyone might be misled um also if someone is is outside somewhere shooting guns so if you just heard that we are in madisonville tennessee somebody shooting guns and we're all okay yeah we're good we're good um but so what i told him is i i said you know pastor i wonder if salvation is more simple than we bring it out to be and I asked him that, and we, we talked about it for a while, but what I meant was this, you know, we all base salvation off a moment of power, and it is a moment of power, but I think we put, and this is just from what, I, what I've what i noticed and just learning in my Christian walk and in ministry, is we put a lot of emphasis on what the person has to do in that moment. And if we put the emphasis on what that person has to do, then we're really making it about the work that they have to do in that moment. And what I realized and I asked him is, I just said, I wonder if it's more simple than how it's portrayed by people today. Because when you look at this example, and he says, what must I do to be saved? And, and Paul and them, they just say, you must believe, right? And we read in the Bible, believe in the heart, confess with the mouth. We read about turning away from an old lifestyle, right? That can seem complicated, but here's the best part about it. We don't do any of that. Right. We don't do the changing. We don't do the turning around. All we do is we believe in the heart. We confess with our mouths that He is Lord. He is Christ. He is Son of God. And we put faith in Him. And then what does He do? He does the rest of it. And so when you look at this text and it says we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, that's what I think about, is that story about paying attention to what is being said. And he's speaking, like you said, to to the Jews and the Hebrews that were around. But in a broader sense, when we look at the message that God is giving us right here and the words God is giving us right here, is that people need to pay closer attention to what they hear and what they've heard. And we're not talking about what you hear on the radio or your favorite song, we're talking about the gospel message. And I think that's just powerful that you read that story because if you pay much closer attention to it, he asks one question 
and he gets the biggest answer a man could get. You have to believe. And he did. And salvation came to that house, and they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ that day. And so when I look at this and we pay much closer attention um, to what we've heard and to the gospel itself, I believe this, it becomes really less about us, and it becomes more about him. But I really think that sal- the salvation is more simple. And I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to water it down and sugarcoat it. You have to answer for your sins. Yes. You've got to confess. You've got to be willing to lose your life, to gain your life. Absolutely. But I just feel like maybe we've put so much emphasis on what we have to do in the moment of conviction, and that's taken away from what God is going to do in the moment of conviction if we surrender. And so I I just think those five words we must pay much closer, those stuck out to me today when I was reading that because God is really trying to get people to see something and to grab a hold of something. So I'm, I'm sitting here just praying for you, Hunter, that God would help you because you're doing an awesome job articulating that. And you're, you're saying it perfectly. And I didn't want to interrupt you because I'm sitting here with just uh, chomping at the bit. But as thoughts were hitting my mind, you were saying them. As, as things were coming to my mind, like, mm, and Hunter's saying it. So God, God's used you, I think, to interpret that scripture very well because we do. We complicate things way too much when we look at what can I, what can I do? Yeah. I've got to roll my sleeves up and, and, and strap my boots on and, 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 and what, what, what do I got to do? We need to pay more close attention yes. to God yes. because of what he said. And you, and you were all over it, man. The uh, Bible says we're saved by grace through faith. Yeah. Uh, the grace is God's part. The faith is what we believe. And, and here's, here's what I think. That faith that saves us, I wish my faith was on point all the time. It's not. Yeah. Sometimes it's low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So therefore, at those times, I've got to pay close attention n- not to what somebody's opinion or somebody's advice or what yeah i've got to pay close attention to what god's word yes. says what the holy spirit's telling me to do i gotta pay attention to that don't need to turn a deaf ear to it don't need to ignore it and i want to i had a I had a huge life learning lesson today in my study time and in my prayer time um i, I was telling josh and i told grant and uh, alan wasn't here yet but when i study the word of god I've seen lately that I'm starting to understand things more on an intellectual level. Like reading this verse, right? I can I can intellectually see this and understand and say, yeah, this is true. Amen. But when I started reading Hebrews 11 today, and I saw that everything that we do and the saints of old did is built on faith because without faith we cannot please God. It really made me slow down today on, on how I study the Word of God because here's the thing. is my Should our intellect grow? Yes. But does our faith need to grow even more? Absolutely it does. And so when I went through this today, I just approached it, it, it prayerfully. And I'm not bragging about me. I'm just what God showed me today. So I think that that's why lots of immature Christians struggle with security in their salvation is the exact point that you just made, man? Alive. And I can I can attest to that in my life because well, me can, me too me too. I mean, a lot of people can say yes. amen to that. Absolutely. But what what I'm saying is this, and to kind of go a little further deep into it is when I read this today, I just started, Lord, 
let my intellect grow, but Lord, let my faith be increased by what I'm getting ready to read. And I'm telling you, God just taught me that today through the spirit of the Lord and in my study time and in my prayer time. And I was able to talk to our pastor about it more in depth. And, you know, me and him, we talked for a little bit. And uh, I, from what we talked about and what from God revealed to me, there's just so... And when you look at this, pay much closer attention, right, to what we've heard now, intellectually, you can say, yes, I understand this. I can even speak it in Greek and Hebrew. But is your faith increasing off of it? So the definition of faith, it's the evidence yes. of things that we've never saw. Right. That word evidence, Alan, let me add this to you. I looked at it today and I studied it out. The a synonym, the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. That's strong right there. It is. It is. And it's the proof. And when... People, and again, guys, don't don't think that I've got everything figured out. Don't yeah. think there's ever been time, there's never, don't think there's never been times in my life when I didn't question or doubt or have times of weakness. And uh, But here's some things that have helped me in the years that God's allowed me to live and, and go through some of those battles and some of those low points. Is that faith, it's just like a muscle. The more you exercise it. Yes. The stronger it gets, yes. And I know that's probably not a very good example, but as 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 Christians, yes, our responsibility is to give that earnest heat or to pay closer attention. It makes you when you pay closer attention, it makes me think of slowing down. And, and again, and not, not 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 dragging us off in the works weeds. Yeah, but there's a there's an effort. There's an in, you intentionally. I have to purpose. Because I've got ADD, and you know what I'm saying? So I have to sometimes reel myself in and force myself yeah. to intentionally focus on God's Word. God's Word says, you're saved by grace through faith. Yes, through faith. Through yes. faith. And, uh, you know, when not, when you pay much closer attention, uh, you know, in- intellectually, you want all of us strive for our intellect to grow at a fast rate. But I guess just another thing I've saw today is that when I really read these and just really let God, just ask God to teach me and to let my faith be increased and to let me grow in my faith in Christ and my Christianity, I almost found myself, instead of going faster, I found myself slowing down. Because when you hear that phrase, pay much closer attention you almost have to slow down to what you've heard to really soak in it it's like i was talking to my good friend he's the youth pastor at first baptist uh, down the road and we were talking today and he told me he's like man he's like i've just been reading a lot slower he's like i he said it's taking me like three weeks i can't remember specifically but he said about three two weeks to get through the first chapter of first peter He's like, and I've just been soaking in it. And then all of a sudden, I start chapter two, and our head pastor asked me to fill in and preach on a Sunday. And he said, and I slowly start chapter two. Next thing I know, here's my sermon. God showed him something. And so that just made me think that, like, intellectually, you can read, you can do things, you can boom, 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 boom. But it's even like, you know, when, I, when I've been in places where I've questioned my faith, right, and I've had doubts and I've had things, What's the first thing a person does? They try to affirm themselves. Yeah. By experience 
or by works. Now, let me say this. James did say, I will show you my faith by my works. So works are huge. But why do you have to affirm yourself? And I had to ask myself that question. The second thing that a person might try to do is cling to what they know. And you do know. Paul even said, I know in whom I believe. You can know things. And I'm not saying you're not saved because it might be you're saved, but you might be like me. You realize you have done the works. You do have affirmation. You do have knowledge, but your faith is empty because you're not growing in faith. So correct me if I'm wrong, and I know that's a loaded statement, but I mean it. Your intellect can hinder you. It can also be a huge resource in helping your advancement. Your intellect. Amen. So, uh, again, not based on works, but based on the knowledge that God gives us and then wisdom that he gives us because wisdom is the proper application of knowledge yeah being yes intelligent with what God gives us uh this this word here man alive it it has the answers to every it's issue a, it's in alive life. it's yeah. alive it and another, is. another thing about intellect too is if you fo- it's like I've heard great men um you know I've heard A.W. Tozer DL I've heard great men say this you can excuse me you can read 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 and not pray and you'll find yourself dry you can pray 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 and not read and you'll find yourself lacking but if you can find a sweet balance of prayer and intellectual reading and studying the word of god you will eventually find yourself increasing in your f- spiritual faith and increasing in your intellect. And I, and I say this from experience because, um, you know, I go to Liberty University and I'm getting ready to be on my last year. And you just learn, 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 intellect, 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 intellect. And all the way, they're encouraging you to remember your spiritual one-on-ones but I wasn't taking I wasn't taking advantage of just me time with God. I was praying for the church. I was praying for ministry, but I never found myself saying, "Lord, help help me in my faith. Help me to make sure I'm feeding myself and letting you increase me." And so I found myself dry. That doesn't mean I wasn't influenced. That doesn't mean God wasn't using me, but I found myself like I found myself almost at a a capstone, you know, um, something that's cut me off and I still was growing. But now that I'm realizing that my intellect might grow, but I need to make sure my faith is growing too through through experience, through prayer. And I mean, just like meditating on, on the word of God, not to under like intellectually know all the Greek and all the Hebrew, but to really let this alive book just saturate your soul and saturate your mind and your heart. You know, I was even thinking today about, you know, r- right now when Romans 12 says the renewing of your mind daily, if you don't take time for renewal, renewal, you know, when you're saved, right, you're renewed, but a renewing process of the mind, especially when it comes to the word of God, you're not just going to like download a USB drive into your brain overnight and fully be renewed by the word. You've got to spend time in it to be renewed by it because I've also been in a place where I haven't been studying enough 
and I'm begging God to renew me and I'm not being renewed in my mind and in my thoughts. And I'm like complaining to God. And then God was just like, through elder men was like, why don't you read my Bible? Why don't you read my words? You want to be renewed by my words? Well, get into it. Yeah. Right. And so renewal is one of those things, you know, when it comes to the word, I mean, this phrase pay much closer attention to what we've heard. And I don't know where all, I don't know where all of our listeners are at spiritually. Uh, but if you're listening to this podcast and maybe you were like me or maybe you are like I used to be, uh, man alive, uh, I was in that position where I was handicapped to the knowledge and I used this cop out. Well, God's words not meant to be understood completely. There's things we'll never know. And I use that as an excuse not to study. I use yeah. that as an excuse to say, well, what's the use? I'm not going to understand it all no way. Yeah. And I, that that was a cop-out on my part because I didn't think that I had the mental capacity to yeah. understand God's Word. Here, understand, the mental capacity that I have is just what God designed me to have. Yeah. But here's the thing. He gave me the assistance of the Holy Spirit That's right. to yes. help me become educated in His yes. Word. Well, Absolutely. So, I mean, even think about this, like, so you, you have, and I've read this too in one of the books I've read. If you have somebody that's full of zeal, and I mean just absolutely filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're on fire, you, I mean, you've got a ticking time bond on your hands. You know, they're going to implode. They're going to explode because they're just full, and that's amazing, right? Yeah, give me the water pistol. Yes, but what I think about is the Corinthians. They were zealous yep. over the spiritual gifts, yep. and they were ticking time bombs. They were, I mean, they wanted that stuff, but then Paul had to write epistles to them to help them keep it in context and to help them focus on what matters. And so I just think about that too. Like, if you're just full of the Holy Spirit and, you know, you're touched, and that, I mean, God's using you mightily, that's amazing. But what I love is like, in my life, you know, I remember especially times in my life where, you know, I would be in worship and I would just feel so overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit of God and I would act out of my flesh. You know, I would do something that I purposed to do instead of being led by the Holy Spirit. But then once I got into the Word of God and really started learning about how the Word of God is supposed to help us keep things in context, I noticed that I was still full of the Holy Spirit, but now I'm being seasoned by godly words and godly direction and godly context that helps me put my gifts in the way they're supposed to be used. Just like the Corinthians, they're full of it, right? They're all about it. They want it. Um, But he had to write that epistle to give them some guidance and give them some directions. And so I just think this verse right here, um, you really, and we'll keep it in the context of what we're talking about today, but man, we've really got to pay much closer attention to what we've heard. And he's telling them that for a specific reason that's getting ready to open up a whole can of conversation. Um, let's look at verse 2. It says this, For since the message declared by angels, there's angels, proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution. Um, so this first point, you know, my Bible took me over to Acts 7, um, where Stephen is giving his sermon, right? And he quotes about the angel appearing unto Moses in the fiery bush, you know. But when you think about the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, 
you have to, I really started thinking about the context of prove to be reliable. You know, the angels would come down with a message from God Almighty, and what they would do is they would deliver it and give it to the people. Now, you know, messages, whether they were influenced about doing something, Mary's going to have a baby, the burning bush, Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, there's always an instance where they're delivering messages. But what I love is when you read the story, that last part where it says proves to be more reliable really comes into play because when an angel would come down on behalf of God with a message, it wasn't just a 50-50 chance to see if it was going to happen or not. Oh, it was a sure thing. Oh, it happened. Yes. And so that's why when you look at that and it says angels proved to be reliable, you know, the message was declared by angels specifically about the coming Christ and everything that they were given to do. Angels' messages were very reliable in many, all instances in the Bible. And I love that part. But look at this last part. Every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution. Um, retribution means payment. So when we look at verse 1 and it says, pay much closer attention to what we've heard, and now it says, every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, a just payment. You know, I really started thinking about that definition of retribution, payment of wages due. So, of course, when we hear the word wages, we think of Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. So when you look at this and it says, every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, that means every sin or act of sin receives a payment of wages due. So I think about people that we read about in the Old Testament that died because of their retribution, their, not their retribution, their disobedience, yep. right? And in Austin Sapphire, they lied to the Holy Spirit, they lied to God. They Retribution, their payment was due. But I also think about sin, because the context of this, we'll find in verse 3, is about the salvation, the gospel. And so the gospel, uh, as Pastor Jason said in Romans 1 when he started it, the wrath of God has been revealed to all people. The gospel reveals the wrath of God. But the gospel also reveals the issues of transgressions and disobedience. Absolutely. And when you talk about the wages of sin, it's death. It also, you can look at that. It's like, okay, the wages of sin is physical death. Yeah. Uh, Adam and Eve in the garden and the the, the shame that comes, yes. the separation of the God that could walk with them in the cool of the day and all of that's now messed up, right? Yeah. And because of that, death, yes. physical death. But also the wages of sin is death. If we don't give that earnest heed, if we don't pay attention to what the Bible tells us and understand, that wage is eternal separation from God Amen. and eternal death. Amen. And when you look at the context of this, you got to look at retribution. Um, what's the King James say, Josh? What's your word right there before verse 3 starts? Is it retribution as well? Um, no, it's just recompense of a reward. Okay, so um, when you look at retribution or reward a lot of people be like oh yeah good <clears throat> actually the definition says good or bad yeah. yes so you a... can be rewarded a bad reward yeah i mean i don't want a third place trophy that's not a good <laughs> reward to me yeah. but the red the reward of sin is what you play silly games you get silly prizes you play bad games you're gonna get some bad prizes yeah but when you look at this there's a comma in my bible and then you get into verse three how shall we escape 
if Uh-oh. we neglect such a great salvation. So the verse above says, transgressions, sin, they received a retribution. And if that's true, how shall we escape these things if we neglect such a great salvation? Um, guys, go ahead. Who, who wants to start this conversation? Uh, I mean, of time, this, this time, question. Yeah, it's time to pay attention. I mean, let's go back to verse 1. Time to pay attention. We're getting down to the heart of the matter. Uh, you know, how do you escape? You can't. Nope. Right. You cannot nope, escape. Nope, 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 nope. Nope. And uh, I, no, go ahead. So, I'm going to I'm gonna jump ahead, but I'm going to pull back, though. Yeah. I, so, I just want to finish out the rest of verse 3. Yeah, go ahead. And it says, Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Yeah. So... Here's some of my thoughts on this. John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Uh, no man cometh to me except by the Father. Father. Amen. Right. Then, so, if we, if this, this is the proclamation that Jesus Christ is making when he was here in the, in the flesh. Then, so now let's, let's go to Proverbs 16, 25. There is... Buckle up. There is a way that seemeth <laughs> right unto, unto man. man. Yes, but the end, therefore, the ways of his death. That is so. So this is man in ours, carnal flesh. So I heard a TV evangelist one time say, you know, he says, well, I think that there's numerous ways one can obtain God, you know, to get to God. There's numerous ways. Joel, no, Joel Osteen? Yeah, yeah he ahead. said that. Yeah, he's, yeah, that's him. But he said that there's numerous ways that one can. But it, we we just seen what Christ said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That nobody. But then, so what it's telling us here is this is how, um, like I said, the later part of the verse, which began uh, to be spoken by the Lord. So here, I mean, just in the book of John, I pulled a couple of them. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I am the door. I mm. am the true vine. Mm. I am the good shepherd. Mm. I am the resurrection and the life. That's this him. is Christ. Yes, absolutely. Ah. And this is Christ making his statement of who he is, what he is here for, the, the, the thing of it. But then, and then at, at the very end of that verse, it says, but it was also confirmed by those that heard him. So these are the people that, and the one thing that I, I, I found there are, that I ran over to was in the book of Acts. And then Acts chapter 1. I'll turn there real quickly. Some choir sound effects in the background. <laughs> what is an organ? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Acts chapter 1, um, verse 2 and 3, it says, Until the day in which he was taken up, after that, through the Holy Ghost and had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he showed himself alive after his passion by infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking these things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So this is him letting them know, like, you know, everything that you have seen, heard, and all. Yeah. Go. But then let's jump down to verse 8. But it says, you shall receive the power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall witness unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Go spread the message. That's what and he's instructing them. Go do. And then uh, also in Book of Acts, Acts 2.43. Get there. Uh, 2.43. And fear came upon every soul. Oh, 
Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead. I'm getting. I was, good. I was. I was getting. No, that one comes up later. Yeah. I was jumping ahead. Sorry about that. You're good. I'm just. You're good. I understand what it feels like to uh, get excited, so I can attest to that. Yeah. So before we do go ahead, um, I just have a couple of things I want to mention about this question. So he says, "How shall we escape?" If we neglect such a great salvation, and I want to focus on neglecting such a great salvation. Um, in Hebrews 10, which I was casually reading this today before I realized that they referenced to each other. So when you get into, when you get into 26, and I'm going to read up to 29, he says, For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. But a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled under the foot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? Boy, uh, listeners, I want you to just hear this just for a second. Neglecting such a great salvation. So when the writer of Hebrews says, if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of truth, you'll notice this, it doesn't say believing in the truth or receiving the truth or giving our lives over to the truth. It just says the knowledge of truth. So you have to understand that this is a intellectually based mind, uh, except, exception of the gospel, of hearing it. But he says, if you go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of truth. So think about this. A person hears the gospel of Jesus Christ, and if they hear it, and then they say to themselves, I don't want this. I'm going to go on deliberately choosing to sin. I'm going to reject God. I'm going to reject Jesus. And then ultimately you reject the Spirit. Then you start getting into the unforgivable sin that's mentioned, which is blaspheming and speaking against the Holy Spirit of God. And you might say, well, a person, can they're not speaking. Honey. They're not saying anything bad. If you reject, I'm telling you if you reject the message of the gospel that the Holy Spirit is trying to convict you to surrender to, you're playing a dangerous game. Absolutely. So he says, if you go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of truth, look here, no, there are no longer remains for sacrifice of sins. So they've rejected the sacrifice of sin, and there's no more sacrifices for sin. But looky here, what does remain? This is what remains but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. And I read this today and I thought, yeah, right? People, things against God, Satan, the Antichrist. Yeah, if you die in sin, you are an adversary to God. You are against God. Uh, as we were in the youth house this last week and we were at the end of John chapter 3, it talked about that people that are against the light, they hate the light. They want nothing to do with the light. You can only serve one master. You can't serve two because you'll hate the other. And so what remains, if a person goes on deliberately sinning after hearing the gospel, they don't want nothing to do with it, what remains is a fearful expectation of judgment, a fury of fire that will consume an adversary. It will consume someone who is against God. Right? And you get to this next verse. And this one had me stumped. 
for a while. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. And I was like, what the heck? You study that out and you go to the Old Testament and do you know why they died? When a person vocally said, I want nothing to do with the law of God. I want nothing to do with the ways of God. And they reject God's law. They reject God's command. The judgment that they would receive is this. If they set aside the law of Moses, they want nothing to do with it. They decide that they go against it. Listen, they will die without mercy uh, by the two or three on the evidence of two or three witnesses in the Old Testament. If someone set aside the law of God, they wanted nothing to do with it, and someone saw it. It couldn't just be verified by just one witness. There had to be two or three because if it was just one witness, it wasn't good enough. But you get two or three followers of God and uh, see someone set aside the law of Moses, the judgment and retribution reward of their decision was death without mercy. Now, you might be thinking that's cruel. Listen, the Old Testament's tough. You, uh, that's just how God was. If God sent judgment, then God sent righteous judgment. It was good in his eyes. But look at today and how loose our living is. How, mm-hmm. so, soft, how soft we've got on sin. So let yep. me read 29 now that Go Alan ahead. said that. Go Listen ahead. to this. You think that's bad? Listen to this. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God, <laughs> profaned the blood of the covenant when she is sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace. He's saying, listen, you think it was bad in the Old Testament when someone turned away from God and they were stoned to death because of their rejection of God? The writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, if you reject the gospel, if you reject the message of Christ, then here's the thing. If you do that, how will you escape such a great salvation if you neglect it right because the writer right here is saying people that hear it they hear it knowledgeably the intellect and then all of a sudden they say i want nothing to do with this i want sin i'm gonna turn against it it will be worse for them or men men god's got her own thing worked out no. I don't want nothing to do. I don't want nothing to do with the That's Bible. Not how it works. I don't want. I don't want nothing to do with the commandments or That's the expectation of a holy life, living sanctified. I don't want nothing to do with that. Me and God's got our own thing worked out. You've we, neglected this great salvation. You've deliberately yes. went on you've sinning. Ne- you've neglected it Absolutely. because there is a, a, a huge disconnect in what God's word says. We're not, and we're not talking about Christians that might no, struggle no, no. with sin. No, no, we're no, no, talking no. about deliberately choosing. Correct, sir. Just saying, I don't care about the word of God at all, or I'm going to deny the gospel, and I choose sin. A Christian might fall into sin, but they repent immediately. Our society is dominated by that mindset. I'm t- it's mm. dominated yes, by the mindset is. where there is no cross to bear, Right. There's nothing. There's, there's, there's no responsibility, no obligation on yeah. my life, but I'm going to heaven when I die. Because they build their own salvation. Exactly. They don't owe God anything. Right. Exactly. He owes them. Yes. And that's like the uh, the message I, I sent you guys, if, if we get to it. Uh, when it talks about signs and wonders, the Jews always went to Jesus and said, give us a sign. Yes, that's all they looked for. But the thought is this. Why did Jesus say no? Right? I mean, he could have done something and proved him. But here's the thing. By them saying no, or no, by them demanding a sign, they're trying to make Jesus fit their description and definition of God of what they wanted. It's the same thing right now. 
people want nothing to do with God or they want God to fit their filter. But God doesn't fit within a filter. God does not fit within my preconceived characteristics I want him to have. God does not, listen, God does not fit my opinions of what sins I want to do and what how I want to make them okay. No, God exists in God. God is jealous. God is full of zeal. God is full of love. But God is full of judgment. And God does not delight in sin. So you cannot say, well... Uh, my God doesn't care about this, but he cares about this. Well, then you are not worshiping the, the one, one true, true God. God. I Amen. mean, that's just evident within scriptures. And God's the center of our faith. We talk yes. about faith. Let's go back to that for just a second, because our faith should be focused on, he's the center of it. Yes. It's not us. Yes. Right? Yep. The folks who put themselves in this, we're the most important part of our Our religion. faith is in him, not ourselves. That's or what exactly we want. right. Those, those folks who say, I have no cross to bear. It's all about me. You're the center of your religion, not God. Right. God should be the very center, and your faith should be anchored you in God. You have now become a God. moralist, as our pastor preached this He did. He preached yeah. on it. You are a moralist. Yeah. <laughs> you have now decided that you will decide for yourself what is right or wrong, and you will make God fit within that filter. I'm Listen, better than them Christians down at the church. You cannot make God fit within what you think is right or wrong. What We're supposed it? to fit within what he says is, is, is right, right or, wrong. or wrong. His word. But when someone gets to the point where they're like, I decide what's right or wrong, now they've made themselves a deity, as yeah. Pastor Jason explained, yeah. that they are righteous within their own eyes, so what they see is right or wrong. Right. Nothing else matters. That is dangerous. Don't compare yes. yourself to the hypocrites of the church. Compare yourself to what God's yes, word Jesus. says. And yep. that's why he starts out with pay close, much closer attention to what you've heard. Because what you've heard is a gospel message centered around God, the Son of God, not around us. And I'm telling you, and that's why the writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 12, 25. Listen, see that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him, who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. I'm telling you this. Listen, he says first, see that you don't refuse him. Do not refuse God. Do not refuse Christ. Here's another one. The preacher at the church that's preaching truth to you because he loves you and he wants to see you saved and see you grow in the faith. Do not refuse him because he is coming to you out of love and he is coming to you with a gospel-centered message. But look at this. If they couldn't escape him uh, when they refused him who warned them on the earth. I want you to think about this. When Christ was on the earth, he was warning people. He said, listen, don't do this. Don't do this. He talked about eternal judgment. So if he was on earth and people could not escape him, listen, how will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven? And the message goes out. The Bible says there was a time when God winked at ignorance, but now he requires all men everywhere to repent. And when you look at the context of Hebrews chapter 2, that question, how shall we escape? How can a person escape if they neglect the gospel salvation? They can't. It's impossible. There's no way to run away from God. We read about people in the Bible that Jonah tried to run away from God. Then it will work out. Right? Nope. David, I mean, when you read the Psalms, he says, where I go, he's there. Waiting yeah. on me. I'm just, and, and listen, people, listen, listeners. 
it's just so important that you pay close attention to what you're hearing. Now, this isn't what Josh and Hunter and Alan's opinions. This is what the Word of God requires. And if you're like, well, what do you mean? Let's look at the rest of it. It says, it was declared first by the Lord. Josh has already covered that, right? It's be- And it was attested by those who heard the disciples. Look here. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, so that's the third one, and then the fourth one, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. So He has given us four ways to affirm that the gospel message has clearly went out everything we're talking about. First, it was by the Lord Jesus Christ. And Josh, I don't know where you were wanting to jump ahead earlier, but you go, feel free to go ahead and just... Well, the, the only... When I was going to jump ahead was actually, let me get over there real quick. Um, Book of Acts, um, and then verse two forty three, which is basically so everything that it referenced in Hebrews, all of that came through. We see uh, evidence of it in the day of Pentecost, and then in, in Acts two forty three, and it says, "And fear came upon every soul, that many wonders and signs were done by the apostles." And that's what that they they it, they experienced that they seen it they lived through it they got the signs and the wonders and that's what the hebrew writer is letting them know that all of that happened and it was through the the day of pentecost jesus declared the lord said himself i mean it was declared at first listen so he declares the message he tells the disciples i'm not gonna be here forever right Right. i'm only gonna leave but don't worry i'm gonna send a comforter. comforter the holy spirit shows up in acts 2 and now it's declared by those who heard a first eyewitness account of the gospel from Jesus' mouth. But then look at here. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders, I would uh, intrigue you. If you go read the book of John, you're going to find in John 20, 30, and 31 that John says that there were many other signs done in the presence of the disciples, but they were not able to be written down. And he said, but these that were written down were so that you would believe in Jesus the Son of God, and have eternal life. And I paraphrase that. That's so okay. That's okay. <laughs> if you look at, well, I, I yeah, I paraphrase, I paraphrase a lot of things. But if you look at, go ahead, Alan. Well, I mean, the point, and I think the reason that paraphrasing is okay, is because the way our brain works, God understands the way our brain works. He yeah. designed it. He set it up. Yeah. And he knows how it functions. Yes. That's why there's signs and wonders. That's why that there were witnesses. That's why the angels were found to be credible. Because he understands our brains have a need yes. to understand credibility and believe truth. Well, That's also how come when we talk, I have no idea, and I, have not, I don't have the ability to look inside somebody's brain or somebody's heart and see if they're saved or see if they're lost. But I know about me. Right. I know the truth about me. And that's why God has put that, especially in today's society, when everything's so confusing, what to believe, yes. everything's, you know, people say these things and, you know, lie completely out of both sides of their mouth. And it's hard to find something that you can believe in and know is true. That's why God confirmed his message to be 100% credible. Yes. And give us the Holy Spirit then to validate it. Yes. And that's what I was going to say, too, is when you look at the context of John 20, 30, and 31, it talks about the signs. You can now look at how the whole book of John is going to rotate around 
signs that Jesus did, works that Jesus did. Go read it yourself. I mean, he's going to do a lot of teachings, but everything revolves around his works or his signs. And it's even like this, you know, John chapter 1, he's talking about the work of Christ in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. You're seeing the works of Christ. You get uh, over into the end of chapter 2, and a lot of people, you might think, well, what about chapter 3? At the end of 2, he says this, Now when he was in Jerusalem at Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. It doesn't say what, but Christ was doing some signs. What happens after that? Now there was a man. Named Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews. So he now he's questioning Jesus, right? Okay, Jesus is around the Samaritan woman. He's going to end up doing many healings. He's going to do things. Chapter 5, he heals a man at the pool of Bethesda. People start questioning him. He reels, reveals more things. Chapter 6, he feeds the 5,000 with bread and with fish. And you can ju- Jesus walks on water. You can just keep going. But here's the thing. Why did John decide to write so many things around signs and the works of Christ? Here's your answer. A sign points to something. So the signs that Christ did just pointed that he is the Son of God. And signs and wonders and spiritual gifts all point towards Jesus Christ. That's a fact. They all point to the gospel. They are for the gospel. And that's why the last two of Hebrews 2, right there in 4, he says the signs and wonders and many miracles that God did but also the spiritual gifts because spiritual gifts are supposed to use to be to glorify God but what do we use them for we use them to glorify God but in a lot of cases we're using them to point to who Jesus Christ yep. and listen when you look at Jesus Christ you look at the message that we've talked about tonight and then you look at the context of Hebrews chapter 2 right there in the beginning pay close attention to what you've heard go read go read pay close attention to what you read because if you neglect it, how will you escape? And I'll say this. At some point, no matter what your spiritual condition, the facts of God's Word will be confirmed by the Holy Spirit. Yes. At that point, yes. our pastor made this statement during a service Sunday morning. Only you and God know. Yep. And it's been brought to your attention. How do you respond to that? God only knows. It's your responsibility. <laughs> it's your responsibility. That's the Dolly Parton version. Yep. My it's bad. your responsibility to respond. If it's uh, uh, I'm, I'm saved and 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 uh, uh, that reassurance is there. That's that good. Good. Good for you. If it's if it's conviction and a re- revelation that you need a relationship with Him, it's your responsibility, it's not mine. A it's, special revelation of it's, Christ. You need that. It's, it's not the pastor's responsibility. To go get you and drag you to the altar, it's your responsibility Just to be obedient. Yes, and here's the thing too: when you are transformed by Christ, your life comes alive for the first time. But that does not mean everything will be cake and roses and no, cupcakes. Absolutely not. Because here's the thing: and a lot of people get into um, Calvinism; they'll get into God control, God's the free will. You can get into either one, but you're going to find something similar between both of them. We have a responsibility to be in the Word of God and to be in prayer. Not just for our intellect, but that we might grow and we might feast on that everlasting water and we might feast on that bread of life. And I'm telling you, God has just hit me and He's still working on me in this very moment about things He's teaching me right now. If we are not willing to 
to slow down. If or take slow down if we're not willing to spend time that our faith will increase. Pay attention. Pay attention. But if we're not willing to do it, how will we grow? How will we get to meat? How will we get off the milk? Here's another thing. How will we finally get assurance in our faith? And that's the thing is I've met a lot of people in my life, and including myself, I struggled with this, of seeking for assurance in my salvation or hearing someone say, I don't know if I'm saved. I'm actually reading a book right now that I found by MacArthur called Saved Without a Doubt, and that's how he starts off the book about a letter he got from a man that taught Sunday school. And he taught Sunday school for six years in the church, but he struggled with specific sins. And so he told MacArthur that he's afraid he's come to the conclusion that he's lost. But at the end of the letter, he said, but I have such a love for the church. He said, I have such a love for our beautiful Messiah. That's how he worded it. I thought, oh my gosh, he is. But how does a person find assurance in their faith if they're not willing to get where our faith is founded? Because you can grow. It's like we were talking about today. A person can come to a church service without a Bible and hear the gospel and get saved. Absolutely, right? right. Missionaries can go to places where people don't have Bibles and people can get saved. Yep. But after you're saved and after you've been totally, and it's like the, the phrase get saved, it means so much more than those two words. To be, to be beautifully and extremely changed and converted from a dead sinful nature to now you're alive in Christ and you know what it feels like to have God speak to your heart. You know how it feels for God to get a hold of your inner being. You know how it feels to see an old man in an old way, but love the new way and the new creature you are. It's a beautiful thing to long to be with Jesus and to see him face to face and for glorification to take place versus when you just used to live for yourself. There's so much more to that phrase, get saved. It's more than that, but we can't make it too hard. We can't add too much to it. It's a simple, listen, what I love is simply, right? We confess our sins and we believe, but where it becomes in a sense, extremely radical and beautiful is what Christ God does, does yes. after. Right. The regeneration washing of the Holy Spirit, cleansing a soul. When you think about, when you read in the Old Testament, water was a symbol of cleansing something. And now we read about the Holy Spirit washes us new, giving us a heart of flesh, a heart that loves God. It's a beautiful thing. And that's where I I just love thinking about how God can radically change us. But if we get saved in a sense, or we are changed by Christ, and then we're not willing to meditate and spend time in His Word and communicating with Him because the veil has now been torn from top to bottom and we can communicate, how will we ever find assurance? Yeah. How I think we, that's why a lot of folks struggle with it, Hunter. Yes, and uh, as that's a why church, I struggled with it. As Alan. a church, as a church, our responsibility as 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 people of God is to make disciples. Yes, and, and to come. And I hope that if you're listening to this podcast, something we say or do will challenge you to get invested in a passionate pursuit of Christ, because uh, salvation 
is simple. We have an advantage. We muddy exactly, and, and we muddy the water yes. of the sanctification process when we don't passionately pursue Him. Yes, or when things get hard, or like me, when God would start working on me, and I would start hurting, and I'd start feeling uncomfortable, and I would just stop because I didn't want to be changed, and I didn't want to be reproved because the Holy Spirit was sent for what righteousness judgment and reproving people and now i'm at the point where chastise the bible teaches us in hebrews 12 chastisement in the season does not feel good but in its due time it reaps fruit that lead us to sanctification and grow us and now when you find yourself uncomfortable or convicted or maybe god's working on you to grow you in a area or call you into ministry or anything don't turn that away. Do not. I mean, you, you, we don't turn that away because that is the hand of God moving upon you to make you closer. I'm, I'm gonna sound like Joel Osteen here. <laughs> <laughs> you can wait around an ankle deep Christianity your entire life, but to experience God in a passionate way is so fulfilling that my life is in a position right now. Now, again, guys, I, I've not got it figured out, but, boy, I want to I I I get closer to him. You don't sound I like want, I want, but I, I, I'm happy. <laughs> oh okay, now maybe you do. So, so, but here's the thing. It ain't all about being happy, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. You're going to be uncomfortable. A, by, a byproduct of being uh, in God's will and knowing you're in God's will. Yes. Man, there's joy there. There's yes. peace there. There's a there's a there's an ability to lay your head on the yeah. pillow and close your yeah. eyes and say, you know what, if the sun don't come up in the morning I, it's all gonna yes. be okay. Yeah. And, and think about this. We always hear the term worship and we associate it with music. But worship is an act toward God. Yeah. It's the heart's condition. It's an act towards God. <laughs> and so the music we do sing and we play, it is an act towards God. But when I read my Bible, it's an act toward towards God. God. Yeah. When right. I spend time in prayer, Go it's ahead. an act towards God. When I yes. witness to somebody, it's an act. <laughs> so let me ask you a question, listeners, and this is for us too in the room. How do we worship God daily? It may not be in a full choir, <laughs> With songs, even though it's awesome. It is awesome. But every day you have an opportunity to worship the living God. You know, in the Old Testament, they just they made sacrifices. That's what they did. But now we're in the New Testament. We don't have to go get animals and lay them on an altar. But what I love is when you get into Romans chapter 12 and we're about done, what does he say? Consider yourselves a living exactly. sacrifice. So how do you worship every day? And uh, I'm challenged. Me Before too. we got Absolutely. in here and hey. right now, that every day I want to grow my intellect. But man, I want to grow my faith. But listen, I want to pay closer attention to what we've heard and pray to God that we can help people not neglect it. And I, again, let's, let's go back and explain the Joel Osteen comment that I made. <laughs> we had a mountaintop experience Sunday morning in church. I'm telling you what, God, Salvation. God showed up. People's lives were changed. Yes. There was folks that accepted Christ and were saved. We had uh, uh, an awesome time. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Monday morning when my eyes flew open and, I, and I, I I throwed my feet out on the floor and I got up, got ready to work, the first thing that hit my brain 
Praise God. Praise God. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm a child of his. Yeah, Alan yeah. realized some spiritual increase came Sunday, not monetarily. That's what makes you different from yeah. them other guys. Well yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, when, when Alan said, I'm going to sound like Joel Osteen, and then he started talking, I was like, Alan. Please don't sound like Joel Osteen. You don't sound like Joel Osteen. You're actually like... I mean, like you think of the song Oceans, you know, Spirit Lead Me Into Deeper Waters. I mean, yeah. just deeper relationships and, you know, all that stuff. But, guys, we've definitely went over our time. But, man, what a, what a blessing today has been that God's allowed us to have this time and be able to talk this long and uh, the Holy Spirit lead us in this direction and be able to just saturate in the Word of God. Guys, we love y'all. Um, we pray you're blessed by this. Check us out on Facebook. Um, email us at mediatwatsonschapel.net. God bless. God bless. Media Watson's Chapel dot net and uh, prepare for our guest next week. We love y'all. God bless. See ya.